A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, welcome back to Questions Worth Asking. This is Season 1, Episode 5. I'm Priya. And I'm John. Today we are very excited. We have our teacher, Dr. Mian Chung Judge, with us today to talk about use of self. Now, use of self is a central concept for anybody working in OD or in coaching, anybody that's working any sort of applied behavioural science. We're really excited to explore this topic today. So, Mian, thank you so much for letting us come in and interview you today. You're most welcome. And I guess the first question to start us off would be um, use of self is quite a confused concept for a lot of people. Um, I know you're doing some research on with it at the moment. Could you just help us to describe or help us to understand what, what we mean when we say use of self? What does it refer to? So when you talk about use of self, um, you can think about it in three buckets. One is just common sense. There is a self, i.e. you or me. Every day we go out and interact with lots of people and how we behave and how we um, interact with people will create different impacts and whether those impacts is what we want. So that's the dumbed down version. Then you have the helping professional uh, bucket, the second bucket, which is those of us who are core into helping profession. Um, the first question is what trade knowledge we need, what tools and techniques we need. And then, however, um, because the organization or the community we work with are complex living system. So the people we interact are unpredictable and unknown. So there will be lots of emergence dynamics come out. That means we can never really go in a situation and say, if I do A, I'll get B. Or if I do C, I'll get D. And so um, in those helping professions, whether it's HR, social work, therapeutic, um, or therapist, um, and OD people, we need to begin to say, okay, I should structure something, I should design something, I should go into this meeting with these sets of facts. But having done that, it doesn't predict what might happen in the quality and the type of interaction. And then at that moment, who are we and what value do we bring and what internal resources we bring and what characteristic and what type of uh, discipline discipline meaning self-management we bring to the situation in order to effect the situation for the intended results. So that's the second bucket. And then the third bucket is really philosophically. This is a this is an age-old concept in, in philosophy because from St. Augustine on, we're talking about self, how the self evolve. And whenever self touch other self, um, make contact, a cross-boundary, something happen. And the German philosophical concepts, the German philosophy dealing the 1800, are critical to make these terms known which I'm sure you don't want to know, but basically is organism, meaning the cell, is inseparable from its environment. 
and and within that environment, which later on, uh, I think one of your episodes talk about field theory, and within that field, things happen. And so, um, and then the self begin to evolve. So the whole concept in the philosophical realm about use of self is how do self evolve continuously? And therefore, what sort of therapeutic application it has in terms of helping people to continuously develop. So the three buckets of use of self, I think for people who are not in helping profession, this concept is still very interesting to them and important because I'm sure if you're a sales manager and marketing manager, you will go to meetings, um, average number of meetings any professional go to would be about 12 a week minimum. And think about the contact you have with those people. So therefore, is 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 being very intentional for each of those meetings when I make contact with other people, how do I use myself in such a way that can support the group, uh, help the help us to work towards collective goal, and help us to have the maximum impact in improving the service we want. You know that sort of things. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So thank you for that. I'm wondering if I'm not, if I'm the kind of person that's not skilled or unaware of my use of self. How can, can how can I or how can anyone develop? How can I get better at my use of self? Well, all the writers and practitioners who are very big on this topic would always start from self awareness. You know, is because if you have no clue who are you, uh, therefore you can't actually say this is my best self and this is my not so best self. Uh, I have a tendency to do that or I don't have a tendency to do that. So without that self-awareness about who are you, what's your identity, what are some of the social habits you have that are functional. By functional, I mean behavior is all functional. Uh, some behavior really serve us, serve us in terms of what we want from life and something that doesn't serve us. So where you need to start is to begin to pursue some processes um, to help you to understand how, how people see you, who you are internally. And when you get deeper and deeper, we use a term called not just self-awareness, you have the simultaneous internal sensation of not just what's happening within you at that moment, but you also have an intuitive sense of what's happening internally to others. And at that juncture, you then begin to make very intentional decision as to whether I should go for that horrible feedback to him, or I hold back, or I need to give him some affirmation first um, to restore him, what constitutes safety for my family, etc., etc. So that's where you start with. Bian, um for people that are new to this, so we, we have listeners that perhaps don't work in OD or in kind of helping professional, 
Can you bring to life or share a story? Um, it, it, when you meet someone, you work with someone where they've got really good um, use of self, what might we see? I would, uh, I would see that they have a lot more than just emotional intelligence. So I don't need to go into what emotional intelligence, meaning people very tune in into what's happening with other. There are three components that I think are very important, which then will end up me saying something quite radical, which is the three components is you have to have self-awareness. Mm-hmm. The second thing you have to have is a very heightened sense of social sensitivity. That means you and me has to be genuinely interested in the others. Because if you're not interested in human behavior and why people behave the way they behave, and if you're lousy in watching from body language to frowning facial to the tone of their voice to this, you wouldn't actually begin to gauge where people are. And then the third thing that you need to be very good at is to understand the context the context in which this interaction or this situation happen. So, for example, um, I have a client, I have someone that who have very um, high sensitivity of who she is. No, I want to correct that. She has medium concept of who <laughs> she is. But she is very high in empathy, and therefore she doesn't let anything slip about watching others. So she worked for a boss who's introvert, and and then she she also watched the multiple others. So self and other, you know, she and her boss. Then the self and the multiple others, which is the the board, the the rest of the team member. She began to rescue him by speaking on behalf of him more often and answering question. So she has those, you know, the self exercising empathy, loyalty to a boss, and want to rescue him in the team, wanting the team to understand him more. However, the context, she's completely ignoring the context. The context is this is a virtual team, and the team members all need one-to-one relationship with the boss and want to hear the boss voice. And so without knowing it, she create a dynamics that... And of the team members resent her for her being the spokesperson. And she has no ego in that sense. She didn't want to be the spokesperson for the boss. She's just rescuing the boss. <laughs> and then um, and then she also diminished the boss reputation among the, the group, the board member. Now, the radical statement I want to say is the use of self at the very advanced level almost have to take the self out. Hmm. is is not about self. It's about self interacting with others within a context. And these three bubbles has to be held simultaneously so that the social sensitivity will enable you to watch what's going on in the other or the multiple others. And when something happens, you've got to tune into your internal sensation but your interpretation and your choicefulness and your discernment about how to behave has a lot to do with whether you understand the context. It's amazing. There's so many questions <laughs> I want to ask. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll, John and I will uh, wrestle ourselves to the mic. <laughs> we'll go in. Uh, I'm 
wrapping my head around use of self, use of others, use of environment, pulling all three together. What in today's environment and what's going on around the world today, why is use of self important? Well, let me just say that use of self has always been important because relational, because all things happen within the relational arena. You know, the um, the German philosopher Martin Buber always talk about relationship is sacred. That's why he wrote a book called I and Tao. And Tao is not about God. Tao is about the sanctity, the sacredness of about relationship, because without the I, there's no we. Without the we, there's no day, and vice versa. So as, as, as someone, whether you're working or not, or whether, you, um, whether you're a professional or whether you are a volunteer, whether you just live a life that you like, Everything happened within the relational arena. So within the relational arena, you can either be completely blindfold about what's going on with others, and and therefore you go about just being me. And and in some sense, I just want to have a side note. I have a lot of problem about people say I'm just being my authentic self. And this is when I say take yourself out of the equation, <laughs> because if my authentic self feel like saying to you, John, that, um, by the way, I don't like your haircut, right? Because I'm being authentic. But if I don't have that social sensitivity about what John's state of mind is and how does he struggle with his look, then I would have um, create a negative impact in you. And then I, I, without even aware of that, I just say, bye, and then go. All right, and leave quite a lot of stuff for you to work on, mm. and that's not going on. On um, that's not going to serve anybody any good. So go back to your question: Why is it? Because go back to the second bucket: the helping profession. Mm. The helping profession is the world is just so complex. We have no more formulas. We have no more. I mean, uh, James Cass back in nineteen sixty eight wrote a book called Infinite Change. And the infinite change is is this no causality, nothing linear, and and predictable. There's nothing predictable, and there's just that there is just complete chaos in many sense. And within those situations, you and I can design and structure stuff to go in in any helping situation. From my experience, often those things are being blown apart. And therefore, at that moment, you have to say, what do I have within myself that this is begin to honor what you have? And to begin to say, what do I need to know? And how do I actually make a decision to move on in order to still keep this group on track? And, and like people say, at the end of the day, that's all you have left, which is you. And you then have to be standing in front of 60 people to make some decision about how not to let this whole group, when pear-shaped, particular, there are 50 airplane tickets involved coming together. Man, um, there's so much I could ask you about. I've got like 10 questions <laughs> popping off in my head at the same time. Mm-hmm. But um, I was really interested. A, a few minutes ago, you talked about um, this kind of at the advanced level you're taking the self out. Um, and that's really struck a chord with me. 
Um, and I just can you can you just say a little bit more about that? Well, I don't know whether advance is the right word. It's kind of like that that funny continuum. We are con- we are unconscious about our incompetence, then we become conscious about our incompetence, then we become conscious about what competence look like, then we become unconscious. The use of self is the, I mean, the use of self is a practice concept fundamentally. And you don't know what it is until you practice it. So the more you practice it, the more you kind of know uh, what are you seeing, observing on in terms of the social sensitivity scale. And then the more you get tuned into yourself, you say, why do I have butterfly in my stomach right now? Why do I feel like I'm walking out from this? And because of experience and, and, and practice, you say, oh, because there's a power dynamics here that really remind me I my birth order is number eight and I had never, never been affirmed as in the family because Chinese family is hierarchical. Okay, I must not let that hook me in to this. Anyway, it has nothing to do with my birth order, have everything to do with them. And then the environment is, this is a tough situation. If they leave these two days without having these process resort, they will be in deep trouble. And so my value is I'm going to commit myself to them. And at that time, you just take yourself out. It's nothing to do with you. Well, everything to do with yourself, but that's where self-management and discipline comes in. Discipline is a word that when I did the literature search on use of self really shocked me. It gone on and on. Lots of people just say they don't, they think self-management is a mild term. They use the word discipline, you know, and that's when you take yourself out and say, you know, bracket it is not repressing it. This this thing has nothing to do with me. So don't glorify yourself in this situation that everything is about me. Is yeah, not. it's almost like taking out your ego. Is that? Yeah, well, ego, sometimes people are not about ego, but their identity, okay. you know, um, uh, it. it it's just as simple as take yourself out of the equation yeah. because you get in the way. Yeah. 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 So it's it's that sort of thing. And there are times I behave badly and then I say, gosh, my best self have gone on holiday. <laughs> I mean, recently I have to write a letter to someone else. I say, well, I look back to the letter I wrote to you. My best self has gone on holiday. So may I apologize for that? So you kind of get in tune with about, you know, how do you show up? You know, that create that presence, that create that safety in that container. So people can do their best work. Nice. And the group can, can sort out their own problem because you're not competing with them about who's smarter. The worst things for helping professionals to be upfront and say, I'm smarter than you, you know. And that's not that's the bad self. Um, and then, of course, the philosopher talk about true self and false self. Very interesting. <laughs> um, so l- last question for this episode for me. Um, one of the things we like to do on questions worth asking is really um, for our listeners point out what, what would be a useful question that they could ask themselves. So if, if some of our listeners are thinking about their use of self and you've definitely stimulated some thinking about me, um, f- sorry, for me, and I'm just wondering what question could somebody ask themselves that would be worth asking around use of self? 
Um, I don't know the question. Uh, well, maybe the question is: Are they are they satisfied with how they conduct their life with people? You know, and are they satisfied with the way they show up that is congruent with their value? And are they satisfied with the value contribution they are giving, you know, to those contexts in which they love? I mean, you can love your job, but you can actually <laughs> create minus value when the self, when your best self is constantly go, go on holiday. And when you actually annoy people, you're angsty, you are whatever. I believe that um, you can do that. Um, I, I'm just going to go on, go on the sidebar for one sec, one minute. We it's not helpful. We all have the tendency to pathologize our behavior and other people's behavior. Wow, you know he's so mean, or he's so blah, right? He's so tough, and he's so critical, and I am so bad, and because. Once you pathologize a um, a behavior, you will lose interest and curiosity about asking, why do I behave like that? Why do they behave like that? There must be a history behind that. So one of the things is, when you want to grow in your use of cells, to be less harsh to yourself, but be sober and rational and just say, well, my behavior right now doesn't serve me well. And there's something in me that bubbling up that I never can control. So um, maybe there's something I'm not using myself well. And I believe each of us, you know, are good and bad, has the beautiful side, have the ugly side. They're just, they're just human being. So it's not about you minus the bad, minus the ugly you glorify the good and the beauty, but you actually have an integrated view about some of those things. How do you have a mix? And how do you, when you are bad and ugly, you don't punish yourself and just say, that's me, now what can I do to manage it better next time? But don't go pathologize behavior, because once you become harsh and critical of yourself, then, um, you know, th then you put yourself into um, defenses or anxiety. And anxiety defenses is the best uh, defense on, the best defense on, uh, is, is the best resistant to change. And that's why I, I never want people to get there. Because once you get into that, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, that anxiety and that condemnation become the re the best resistant to change because as if there's no hope. It's been amazing. I just want to basically say a, a huge thank you for time and thoughts and knowledge and wisdom here. It's great to see you. And Priya, how do we close? I, it's hard to close, isn't it? Because is. I think there's um, loads more questions. But we've got Mian back for episode six. Um, so... I guess at this point, all we can say is goodbye from um, Oxfordshire. Thank you, Mian. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.